Hey watchers, today's episode is going to have more of a serious tone than usual. This particular film deals heavily with racism in general and racism against Asian Americans in particular. Directed by and starring the great Clint Eastwood, this movie delivers an emotional tale of redemption and acceptance. So grab your favorite beverage and settle in as we dive into 2008's controversial drama, Grand Torino. Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it. So, uh, yeah, we haven't recorded in a while. It's been like almost three weeks. Uh, a yeah. little bit. It's just life uh, happening, pe- you know, kids growing up. And then uh, me and my whole family got sick for a while. It wasn't COVID, but we just got really sick. Yeah. And so, kind of got a little bit of that rasp in the back of my throat still, but glad you to be this, back. That- that sexy, smoky radio mm-hmm. voice, you know? Well, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, Gran Torino. It came out in 2008, directed by Clint Eastwood. I almost said Glint Eastwood. Who's Glint? I don't know. Uh, written by... He's doppelganger. Right? Written by Nick Schenk and Dave Johansson. Scored by Kyle Eastwood and Michael Stevens. And the budget was $33 million. Box office was $270 million. So I would definitely Did say... I. yeah, I. This is actually Clint Eastwood's biggest uh, film. What, I, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, Made the most money. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Ex- except for the movies, Every every Which Way, but... The Chimpan- or the, the Orangutan movies, the two movies, I, I haven't seen those. He's like a truck driver. Right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so those movies... Um, total side note, I'm actually having kind of a tough time, like, enunciating today. I'm going to need to, like, really work on that. <laughs> okay. It's all right. That's character. It's character. So, all right. So this is starring Clint Eastwood, uh, B. Vong, Ani Her, Scott Eastwood, Christopher Carley, and John Carroll Lynch. Shout out to uh, John Carroll Lynch. He's in, like, a ton of films, and you recognize, he's that kind of actor that you recognize, and you're like, hey, I know that guy. But you don't know his name. I honestly didn't know his name before I wrote this down. That's you know funny. Who, you know John Carroll Lynch? Uh, I'm going to have to look at his face because I don't recognize the name. Uh, he, but I was looking up that movie you are trying to reference, and it's Every Which Way But Loose from 1978. Yeah. The way I was trying to talk about it was Every Which Way But Loose. <laughs> I was <laughs> failing pretty badly, which is kind of funny, though. I mean, of course, for inflation and stuff, but like, just think about it. Like, He's not really known for this movie, but I mean... He is, but it's like when you think of Clint Eastwood, you think of like Man with No Name trilogy, Dirty Harry, you know, all right. that stuff. Which, and, funny that you say that, this totally could be Dirty Harry Part Six. It's Dirty well, Walt. They talked about it, <laughs> about this actually being the final Dirty, Dirty Harry movie. Like that was right. potentially what it was going to be. Because you're right. 
Except I think Dirty Harry is less racist than this, and that's oh saying, for sure, and that's saying yeah. something. <laughs> I know <laughs> so. it really is. <laughs> so, uh, uh, when yeah, did you... what, dude, dude, just watching this movie now versus which I get maybe you were leading into that mm-hmm. first time watching it, but um, because I saw it back when it came out and I, I loved it, yeah. but I ain't gonna lie, I mean, I laughed at some of the racist humor, right? You know. I'm embarrassed to say that because watching it now, this time, I'm cringing as I'm watching it oh. because I remember laughing at some of the the racist humor. And it's, I, I guess this isn't even an excuse, but just because you pick on everybody doesn't make it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I guess we're going right into that. Um well, hey, do you mind if we, if, well, I guess, do you want to talk about it right now or do we want to like just, shell it yeah, for we're, a sec? Yeah, we're in it. We're in it. Okay. Just say your piece and then we can backtrack a little bit. So, yeah, so I felt like this movie, like, it's weird. It's a movie about racism, but I feel like the movie itself is racist. And I, I feel like it's, well, that's a, it's not, it's okay. It's not handled very well. And I, I think part of that is because it came out in 2008. I mean, that's 12 years ago. And I'm, I saw this movie in theaters, same. I, I thought it was awesome. Right. Uh, loved it. And then I didn't watch it for 12 years. And so then when I, I picked this movie to review and I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like, you know, Walt's racist. Okay. So, okay. He's still racist. Okay. You know, it's still, he's like halfway through the movie and he's still dropping one-liners over and over. Right. And then he, it's, it's so interesting. I have so many complicated thoughts about this because like. Oh, for sure. This movie's super complicated. I mean, there's. I feel like at the heart of it, there is the story of redemption about this old, flawed man. Right. No one's no. There's no way this man's a hero. I mean, he. I guess he sort of becomes one at the end by the ultimate sacrifice he gives. Yeah. But dudes, I mean, he he kind of knows he's messed up with his family. He has no. I mean, he's got a friend, sort of, but he's a bitter old asshole. And yeah, you know, he's not. He's it's. There's nothing. There, there are admirable things about him, about his character and whatnot. But he's very flawed, and right. I, and I know there was a lot of concern. Like I, I was surprised how much when we were researching for this movie, how much blowback. I mean, it's it's sort of fifty fifty. It's like there's people that feel even in the Asian community, that's it's fine for what it is, and this you know, it's not about the Hmong people. It's it's about this old man right. and his journey, and there happens to be his neighbors are are Asian. Mm-hmm. Right, but at the same time, if you really want to jump into how the Asian community, this particular Asian community, is represented, it's it leaves a lot to be desired. So, mm-hmm. were they going in there to tell a story about the Hmong people in America? No, and if they were, yeah, it bombed. <laughs> it's, right, it well, could I, be done a lot better. I feel though, like too, for example, um, for, first off, though, this movie is it, is I feel like this movie is shot really well, and I feel like it's oh, paced, yeah. paced really well until the end. Uh, I had some issues with the end, but like I, um, I just Clint Eastwood is a really good he's a really good director. I, I enjoy his style, and I him as a filmmaker and him just as a as a person, um, and just growing as a person. I mean, like just think about all the different decades that he's lived through and seeing right. like people's personalities and like opinions of like what a man is and yes. ex- and certain things that were acceptable back in the day that aren't now. Um, like right. if he remade that movie today, it would be a different movie than I in think so. 2008. And yeah. so I, I, 
This that movie, definitely doesn't. It doesn't. It shouldn't justify how it was portrayed. But I, that's just a truth. It just would be different if right. it was made today. So yeah, I, Which, I guess. Quick, quick side note: Do you like old man Clint Eastwood? Uh, it depends. What do you as mean? As an actor, oh, just as a, his his acting as an in his golden years, you know, versus when he was super young, or even in the, I don't know, I guess in the late eighties and nineties, because he's really. I mean, to, I feel like every decade he just like comes back and it's like, oh, he's reinvents himself. Not that he yeah. was ever right. Not that he was ever bad, but I honestly like old man Clint Eastwood. It's kind of like old man Sean Connery. I just I, there's something about him that I, I don't, really dig. I li- I like him as uh, as old man Eastwood, but uh, I don't know, dude. Like Outlaw Josie Wales and just like all of those like classic classic western movies, with, you know, Hang 'Em High and all that. Sure. I, just, I don't know. I kind of dig the whole kind of. I guess I, I like him when he was he was younger. Like I'm not, but that's just yeah. personal preference. But absolutely, There's, um, yeah, totally, yeah. But so I, I guess to, to talk about this film, um, I don't want to excuse what I think was handled incorrectly, but right. but I also want to try to look at it in a kind of an, an open way. And I guess sure. uh, well, so, being object, being objective. What are yeah. what are we looking at specifically? I mean, it's what are the good things? What are the bad things? Right. What, are, what are we? What do we see now that we didn't see back then? I mean, right. we all knew he was racist, like hands yeah, down. I clearly, remember yeah. a buddy from work at the time telling me, and he's like laughing uncomfortably. He's all, "Dude, this it's super racist." He was just right. You know, th- when he was talking about, it, he was all, a great movie, but wow. And I feel like that's that's the line for me. I I feel like it just went too far. Like it was like, okay, I get that he's racist, and then like. He never the he never lets up, and so I feel, and that's when the movie became uncomfortable for me, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I I literally had to stop and think about some of the stuff he said because I was like, is that racist? Oh my god, that's super racist! Like right. there's so many different insults that I'd never heard of before, and I was just like, well, okay, that's interesting, but it's just right. that's why I feel like it just went over the edge. Like you can talk about like his character, like you say, it's supposed to be racist. But I just feel like it was it just went too far. But then you talked about you mentioned this briefly when we first started talking about like, well, if he's racist towards all of his friends too, then it's not the same. But I feel like that's even that's not really acceptable anymore anyways either. It, it's, exactly. Know? It like, doesn't you know, make it right. It, you you know, I used to feel like it and I think most well, I say most. I think people. I don't want to, I don't want to include everyone, but I think it was definitely more accepted that well, as long as you're picking on everyone it's okay. Right. And, and it's, yeah. And I feel like in order for, uh, and then we're going through a time period right now of just kind of changing the line of what's acceptable and what's not. And I think honestly, we're going in a good direction. Sure. And it's, it's interesting though. So yeah, like a lot to dig in here. Yeah. I guess we can stop there and back wanna, up a little bit. Did you have any more uh, tidbits you wanted to drop or do you want me to? Hop into the, uh, no, the synopsis. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, do the synopsis. Let's go for it. All right. Let me synopsize. Brought to you by Wikipedia. That's right. Not a sponsor. Don't pay us. Pay Wikipedia. Pick, pay Wikipedia. There we go. All right. Cantankerous and racist Korean war veteran and retired Ford factory worker Walt Kowalski has recently been widowed after 50 years of marriage. His dilapidating neighborhood in Highland Park in Metro Detroit, formerly populated by working-class white families, is now dominated by poor Asian immigrants. Gang violence is commonplace. 
Adding to the isolation he feels is the emotional detachment of his family. He rejects a suggestion from one of his sons to move to a retirement community and lives alone with his elderly dog, Daisy. A chronic smoker and tobacco chewer, Walt suffers from coughing fits, occasionally coughing up blood, but conceals this from his family. His wife's late, or rather, his late wife's Catholic priest, Father Janovich, tries to comfort him, but Walt disdains the young and experienced man. The Hmong Vong Lor family reside next door to Walt. Initially, he avoids interactions with his neighbors, particularly after he catches Tao, attempting to steal his four Grand Torino as a coerced initiation into a Hmong gang run by Tao's cousin Spider. The gang is infuriated by Tao's failure and they attack him, but Walt confronts them with an M1 Grand Rifle and chases them off, earning the respect of the Hmong, fan, uh, Hmong community. As penance, Tao's mother makes him work for Walt, who has him do odd jobs around the neighborhood, and the two form a grudging mutual respect. Walt mentors Tao, helping him uh, obtain a construction job, and gives him conversation and dating advice. Walt rescues Tao's sister Sue from the unwanted advances of three African-American men and bonds with Sue after she introduces him to Hmong culture. Man, I'm totally saying that wrong, and she even says that in the <laughs> in the movie. The Hmong? It's not Hmong. Yeah. I, I can't not say it that way. I'm so white. Walt visits the doctor, receives a gloomy prognosis, and does not reveal the illness to his family after being rebuffed by his son, whom he called immediately after his diagnosis. Spider's gang continues to pressure Tao, assaulting him on his way home from work. After he sees Tao's injuries, Walt visits the gang's house, where he attacks a gang member as a warning. In retaliation, the gang performs a drive-by shooting on the Vang Lor home, injuring Tao and kidnapping and raping Sue. There are no witnesses, and the members of the community, including the victims, refuse to talk about the crimes, preventing the police from doing anything about Spider's gang. The following day, an enraged Tao seeks Walt's help to exact revenge, who tells him to return later in the afternoon. In the meantime, Walt makes personal preparations. He mows his lawn, he buys a suit, gets a haircut, and makes a confession to Father Janovich. When Tao returns, Walt takes him to the basement and gives him his silver star. Walt then locks Tao in his basement and tells him that he has been haunted by the memory of killing an enemy soldier who was trying to surrender and wants to spare Tao from becoming a killer. That night, Walt arrives at the residence of the gang members where they draw their firearms on him. He speaks loudly, berating them and enumerating their crimes and thus drawing the attention of the neighbors. Putting a cigarette in his mouth, he asks for a light. He then puts his hand in his jacket and provocatively pulls it out as if he were holding a gun inciting the gang members to shoot and kill him. As he falls to the ground, his hand opens to reveal his Zippo lighter with 1st Cavalry insignia. He was unarmed. Sue, following Walt's directions earlier, frees Tao and they drive to the scene in Walt's Grand Torino. A Hmong police officer tells them the gang members have been arrested for murder and the surrounding neighbors have all come forward as witnesses. Father Janovich conducts Walt's funeral, which is attended by his family and many of the Hmong community, whose inclusion puzzles his family. Afterward, his last will and testament is read, where, to the surprise of the family, Walt's house goes to the church and his cherished Gran Torino goes to Tao, with a condition that Tao does not modify it. The movie ends with Tao driving the car along Lakeshore Drive with Daisy. Which, fun fact, Daisy is was Clint Eastwood, Eastwood's uh, family dog, which is cool. Which I kind of thought that when I was watching it. It's like, yeah. I there thought was that, definitely a, a special bond there, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, 
let's um i guess let's talk about some what i the good some good some of the good stuff about this movie because like for me i feel like i have a kind of almost a i really liked some parts of this movie and i really didn't like other parts of this movie and so i think sure. we talked a fair amount about what we considered wrong about this movie is that i think just the the, the racist part went too far mm-hmm. um and also too though i heard that the the actors um the guy the guy who plays tao right Vong, he was um very outspoken afterwards against the movie saying that how like the actual actors who were playing the um the the asian americans were actually kind of treated uh, unfairly while they were actually making the movie and so there's conflicting right. reports about that but i felt that was that was interesting um so it was, it was I, that's that shocked me i was yeah. really surprised how that blew up apparently i mean i, I was unaware at the time but mm-hmm. apparently it was a big deal but again, kind of split down the middle. Interestingly enough, I mean, not to say what he was saying wasn't important or or untrue or anything, but even even some uh, prominent Asian Americans were, I don't know, more kindly towards it than he was. But again, he was there. He was in it, so right. I respect whatever he was feeling, right, in the whole process. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a. The- I think one of the first movies that Scott Eastwood is in, he actually doesn't, yeah. isn't, he's not actually, doesn't have his name as Scott Eastwood. He's still going by his re- real name, I guess, since Eastwood is technically not his, his last name or something like that, but he took that. Yeah. He um, took his dad's stage name, basically. Right. Cause, uh, right. And it surprised me. Like, I, I saw that he was in it and I'm like racking my brain, like, who is it? And it's the douchebag <laughs> sort of boyfriend. Right. <laughs> hey, man, we're going down to the corner spot, get some CDs. <laughs> It's all cool, man. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Um, so I thought it was interesting how. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So Clint Eastwood is, is. It's interesting. They they there's some things that they really focus on, and there's other things they don't focus on at all. Like for example, there's literally only like two lines about Clint Eastwood's. I'm sorry, Walt's character, um, about his relationship with his wife, and then I see says like that he married the best woman on the planet, and then. He kissed some other woman at a at a, oh, right. a Christmas trip party by, once by accident or not by whatever it was taken away in the moment and then that was that's all you know about his uh, his wife who passed away. Right. So I'm I kind of feel like that I would have liked to like, flush that out a little bit more um, because like why is he so on the fritz with his own family if like his, well, his wife and him were so tight? I think that's I mean that what I was taking from it um, in that specifically is I think there was just I don't know there's something I don't I'm not trying I've, let me start over so Walt's character he he kind of reminds me of our grandpa mm-hmm. um, just sort of that greatest generation I don't I don't know if people from the who fought in the Korean War are considered part of that generation but I pretty close mm-hmm. um, just kind of has uh, some similar vibes to our grandfather just in the uh, I mean, like the meticulous house, perfect house, perfect yard, uh, right? A lot of pride in in all of that, and the, the way he was dressed. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it, just it, his demeanor, the way he carried himself, the way he walked. I mean, there's just so much of it reminded me of Grandpa. Except right. Grandpa was soup, way more friendly. Was not the the jerk. Really not nice, racist. Really nice yeah. guy. <laughs> really. Um, right. I mean, him and Grandma were both like super inviting, like very right. welcoming to ev- anybody. But that being said, I don't know that he had a real deep connection with his kids, though. Yeah. Um, just talking with dad about it. I mean, I, you know, obviously he loves his dad. 
loved his dad, and I, I know Grandpa loved his kids, but it was, I don't know, there was a bit of a detachment there, I think, where it was like, you went to work, you worked hard, and you brought home the paycheck, and your wife raised the kids. So I think there was some of that from that generation, and I mean, maybe PTSD. I just think there's a lot of real elements that made him, like, I'm sure he idolized his wife, and he loved her, and put her on a pedestal, but aside from that, I mean, it's, yeah, they're really, it's almost like he just, he didn't know how to be a father from the first place. Mm. It may have been more of a, now I'm speculating, you know, make the wife happy situation, but. Well. That was a long tangent. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely could have. Sorry, I keep clearing my throat. No, that definitely could have been the the case. But yeah, you don't know much about her other than that he did love her because he does defend her and he does. I think when he was talking to Tao, just, you know, I married the best woman on the planet, that that line right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying not to cough. That's I sound right. so cold. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Should have made some tea, man. <clears throat> yeah. A little honey in there. Um, let's see here. So, okay, so uh, Grand Torino. The movie's named Grand Torino because they talk about the Grand Torino multiple times. You see him polishing it. The, yep. the car is literally only running in two scenes, and you don't I even know. really get to hear it. So, one, of my, one of my great uh, disappointments of the movie. <laughs> right. I was just waiting for them to just, like, rev it once or do something. I mean, obviously, I wasn't expecting them. This isn't, you know, Fast and the Furious, but I was right. like, you know, let's see something, but, like, nothing. So, yeah, I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I really like the scene after he um, gets kind of invited into the, the, the family next door. And he's just sitting at the table with all the, the elderly women. And, and they're feeding they him. They just keep feeding him, and they're all talking in a different language. And he's just like, oh, well, thank you. And he's, like, totally oh, getting along, good. really oh, softened yeah. up. And, yeah, and then, like, uh, uh, what's, what's her name, Daisy? Or what? what's the name? Of, I just totally blanked the name of the, the girl. Sue. Sue. Um, she comes in, they introduce him to other people, and he's like, no, we're getting the, we're socializing fine right here. And just, like, right. that little time... It, to Clint Eastwood can be really charming when he wants to be, and so like oh, that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That scene uh, to me was like, oh, he was like very charming person, and so if he didn't have PTSD and all this, to seeing his America disappearing in front of his very eyes, like with the the neighborhood totally, right. totally changing and everything, I really like that scene though. And then I liked how he started to get reinvested into his neighborhood and started seeing all of his neighbors as actual people instead of just foreigners. And so I thought that was really cool. And then he's just um, starting to take pride in the neighborhood again and just, yeah, just kind of really starting to settle in in a a new way. And so I liked that a lot. I thought that they did a really good job with that. Well, the, I agree. The, the softening of his character. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, the, the racist comments don't ever stop, which is unfortunate, at the same time, I feel I'm definitely not justifying this, but I think it's just a little bit of a old dog new tricks situation. And I know if you spent your entire life being that way, even if you cared about your friends, which I mean, like his friend who's the barber, and yes, he's racist towards him. Of course, it's it's different. It's joking, and he's kind of hateful and spiteful. When he's talking right. to the neighbors. Yeah, not again that it makes it any better, but it's. I mean, who who's to say? Maybe if. The movie hadn't ended, you know, two weeks after he met this family or whatever it is. Right. Maybe some of that would have, maybe he would have stopped it or maybe they would say, hey, you know, it really hurts our feelings when you say this stuff. Well, who knows? But 
Um, I think it is a little bit realistic to have someone who that's just how you talk. So that's how you're going to be, even though your your character is softening towards them and your the way right. you treat them. Right. Doesn't make it right, but I, it's well, unfortunate. That, well, that and that for me that that kind of goes back to just the like, is it in? Just, sometimes you don't want the things to be extremely realistic because then it's not entertaining or enjoyable anymore. If you like, sure, get past that. And I I felt like they got the point across. Like I, I keep saying this. I keep saying my the same point myself. So, so <laughs> beat uh, that dead horse, man. Beat it. Do it. Yeah. This is the only movie where Clint Eastwood loses a gunfight. I'll be uh, deliberately. So right. Thought that Which was, was awesome. It yeah. did like his whole self sacrifice the, the way he does that. Like it, it did. Like I, I teared up a little bit watching that at the end of the movie. Like I just, I'm always a sucker for that. Right. You know, super selfless sacrifice whenever it happens you know when it's done well in a movie or whatnot right the, the heroism it was, it was very cool yeah it was um yeah i thought that was pretty cool i and there's we do got to point out there are some very admirable qualities to walt even before he starts to soften up i mean just the uh, not that you should pull a gun on people from whenever <laughs> right <laughs> but the fact that he his like bold courage to not allow evil to prevail over the weak, you know, it was he just immediately would not immediately, but he definitely had a point, and he didn't have to get pushed too far where he would stand up and put a stop to it. And uh, you know, in this in this story and in that neighborhood, and involved pulling a gun, so there's a time and a place for everything. But uh, it's admirable. I mean, I I know sometimes I'm slow on the take to defend someone in a situation, and I you know I do wish I could be quicker. And bolder to you know step up in a situation like that. So I do love seeing that in a character. I mean, that was a good quality. It was kind of the I don't want to say the catalyst, but it was something that I guess kind of the catalyst that brought him into having a, a family type relationship with his neighbors. You know, that, you're right. That was exactly the thing is when he yeah rescued uh, Tao technically. Um, right. Because then that then then that's why Sue then started coming over and talking to him and and uh, and then that's how yeah people kept leaving stuff on the on his front porch and he's like oh all right enough enough and, you know it's, it's like um, <laughs> he's like wait actually that looks really good yeah no that can come in bring he's that like, in bring it in bring it in <laughs> and, um, um, I like the this is a great line from the movie though where he's like you ever noticed every once in a while you come across somebody that you shouldn't have effed with that's me <laughs> when, right I like I like that line there's. There's several parts like that where he's just like um, part of his personality, but I think part of his conditioning from just being through the the war and like having to do those like super harsh things. So for him, it's now second nature. And uh, I just thought that was interesting. And we also we need to talk about the relationship between him and the um, the father and uh, the pastor father. Yes. Yes. That man to me. Uh, just getting older, it's it's really weird, and you could see him struggling with that too, where he's talking to the pastor, and of course, there's the whole, you know, in the Catholic Church, there you call them father, which again, that's it just kind of gets to a weird spot when you start to become older than all of these people in authority and leadership over you, right? Uh, even I mean, I went to a, a doctor a few years ago, and I was like an easy 10, 12 years older than this this doctor. Right, and it was just—it was really gonna like this is kind of weird. Not that I didn't trust her, didn't think she did a bad job or anything, but it does kind of mess with your head. And I totally vibed with him, and his was even greater. Yeah, you know, he's old enough to be this guy's 
father easily. <laughs> I don't want to say grandpa. Almost yeah. grandpa. <laughs> yeah. I I like his casual um just the way he keeps dressing down cuz like also too I will say this though. He clearly tells the the father several times like you know, don't call me Walt, call me uh you know like Mr. Kowalski. And right. then the father just keeps calling him Walt and the only <clears throat> excuse me. And so I, I love when he just so then he just keeps calling him. He's like, "Hey, well, uh, what are you doing today, Padre?" <laughs> just like right. he keeps never calling him that, except for the one scene when they bond over the fact that there was that really bad situation happened, and right. then the, the guy comes, Let's the see, father comes raped. over. Yeah, the father comes yeah. over, and he's all like, "You, you expected him to be like, well, we need to forgive," and he's like, "I'm mad." And then that's when right. Walt's like, "You want to come in and get a beer?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then that's the one scene that he calls. Walt, Mr. Kowalski, and that's the scene that Walt calls him father. Like, um, right. And then the next scene after that, like, they go back to normal for the confessional thing. Right. So I thought that yeah, was interesting. It, it's really, there's so many beautiful emotional parts in this movie where respect is gained. I mean, between those two characters, even. Right. He, you know, that finally he trusts him. They, he, he trusts the father and. There's respect back and forth, and um, yeah, and the father, the 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 priest, he's a little bit casual, a little too uh, like I don't know, uppity casual. <laughs> I would almost, I think if he, he's too entitled. Like I feel like. Oh uh, yeah, and like, I love how I do appreciate how Walt calls him on some of that, and to the priest's credit, he does accept the criticism and he does take a step back and looks. He's like, yeah, I'm, I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. Right. And, I, and he basically just decides to be a real person instead right. of trying to be like, I'm the person with all the answers. Because yeah, I'm sure yes. that type of person in that situation, you're forced into that situation to feel oh, yeah. you have people to have the answers. People come to you all the time, all day, every day right. for answers. So that's a heavy burden, man. And then, of course, as uh, as our buddy Jake would say, you get to that point where you're you're smelling your own farts, you know? And yeah. Yeah, you, you know, drinking your own Kool Aid. You're you're definitely not high on summertime there, for, for, right. so for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked, um, I did like the flow and the, like I said, I like the pacing of the movie a lot, where, yeah. um, like you know, he first kind of gets introduced to Sue, and then like the then the movie shifts to his relationship with Tao, and and how he becomes a type of mentor to him. I wouldn't even say yeah. father figure, but like he. Definitely becomes a mentor in showing him right. the ropes. And in this movie, they label it as him becoming a man. But I think realistically, it's him becoming an adult. And that's just like him actually learning how to just go through the world and how to like just deal or to, you know, talk to people, sure. get a job, how to fix stuff. Just how just how to basically the things that everybody needs to know. Right. And I think did, we would have, I think a time in history, we would have called that becoming a man. But those are skills that I want my daughters to be learning. And exactly. Are, and, they, and they are learning now. So it's definitely, like you said, it's just becoming an adult and growing up. And Right. And I, I mean, it's, and it's hard to say. Did Walt do that with his own kids? Uh, it's hard to say. They were obviously successful in their own ways. Right. And in their own careers. But there was definitely no, there wasn't much love there. Or he, did, he definitely didn't show it. And, not, and it took a while for it to come across as love towards Tao. Right. It's funny that you, um, when you say it switches to Tao, I for, like in my mind before I watched this movie, I really had, 
I really thought he and Sue had the bigger relationship, and he does have an enormous soft spot for her. Right. You know, that's that's happens pretty early on, and it carries throughout the entire movie. But you're right; it is all about him and Tao. And I, but in my head, what I remembered most was his interactions with Sue. Yeah, and it's interesting. Well, you going back to his relationship with his family, like when he finds out that he's got. They don't say what he's got, but you t- clearly know it's terminal. Sure. Um, and he calls his son, and he, and like that scene when his son's like, "Oh, it's my dad calling." That's weird because like right. shows like, "Oh, he never calls." And right. so with that, um, it shows like Walt's actually be starting to open up, and his son just like shuts him down uh, right. absentmindedly. Well, it's not even like intentionally sure. he just is like so detached their relationship is so detached he doesn't even realize right. there's no his... relationship it's it's, yeah. it's on paper that's that's it right and it's so crazy that i mean and that just that's a lesson to all of us that when you don't invest time you know with the people you love when that time comes where you need them i mean that he was reaching out to his son for the first time in his life i need you i'm i'm scared Right. And his son just couldn't even read the situation. And even if he did, he may not have wanted to help. He may not have cared. Screw you, old man. Well, it's kind of like the part when they go to talk to him at one part and then... um, The part in the part? The part in the part. Yeah, that part. The one part with the guy? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, You know, that part. (laughs) The part where um, the son and his his family um, show up to the house to talk to him. And you just kind of feel like it's really an awkward situation. He's trying to like, um, kind of escape from his own family. And basically, the Walt kind of uh, tries to kind of escape from his own family, go into his own to the garage, and that's of course where his granddaughter's smoking and whatever. And right. she just is like has no relationship with him too, and she's constantly going around. And the where sometimes you have that relationship uh, with with you see that relationship with people where it's like. I'm just waiting for you to die so I can get your stuff. Yeah, I just want your stuff. I'm yeah. just yeah, I'm just waiting around. That they nailed that. They yeah. definitely got that. And so it was, you know, you feel a little bit of vindication when at the end they all get shut out of the will basically or in some way, I don't know. They don't really say if they right. got anything, but the things they were expecting, and especially right. the granddaughter, the entitled granddaughter, "Oh, I'm going to get grandpa's car." And he's you know, right. And gives it to town. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, from the so basically I'm going back to uh, pacing. I feel like it's it's paced really well. Um, they're doing good until the end of the movie, like when the the drive by happens and then Sue gets kidnapped yeah. and and raped. Um, Sue is just all of a sudden not in the movie, and so like they have the one right. scene of her just in her bed, traumatized, and then you're kind of just like, okay, so Walt goes and he gives his life to to protect them. But that there's no closure with Sue, like none whatsoever. Like with Tao, right. Tao gets the car, and you're kind of like, you know, he he was able to stay away from violence for because of what Walt had to do. But right. with Sue, there's just there's no resolution. Last thing with her is was she, he? I can't remember. Was he in the house when she came home? I feel like she was sitting, or he yeah. was sitting. There. Yeah, they were all. She comes in, in all all you know bloody and beat up, but right. Cause yeah, Walt's you're right. O- and Walt's over at the house. Right. And I yeah. guess maybe you could chalk that up to, I don't know, It's a, it can definitely be a guy thing where you're just, you're uncomfortable with the situation, so I'm just not going to say anything, I'm not going to address anything. But but you're right, you feel like they had enough of a connection, he had, she meant enough to him where there would have been something, somehow he would have. Well, my, my thing though is as. Had a as, closing conversation with her or something. 
Well, like even if he didn't have a closing conversation, he did the the cowboy thing by going off and and sure you know avenging her. But I feel like as her character, watching it, uh, watching the movie, uh, that her character has become a main character in the movie. And so right. after like Walt's done, then they should. I feel like they should have fleshed out like more inf- information of like what happened to her. Like, did she actually go to school? Like, did she like start to get therapy? Maybe that's just me now, where I'm just like, there's so much more <laughs> to this. Like, you yeah. can't just. Throw, well, you- I think you're. I think you're right. It did kind of end quick. Yeah. I feel like it did. Yes, it did tie up most things pretty neat. Like it's you know it was, it was interesting to watch him make his final arrangements because you know he's something's going to happen. You, right. you think maybe it's going to be an actual gunfight, but you basically you see he's not walking away from this final right. drink. You know, shave. You know, straight final, razor shave. Final all, smoke all in the, the house. Yeah, all the things, and but it did go really quick in. You know, could have been better. And then it slows down just for the scene with, with Tao know, driving the shootout, the... if you will. But then, right. it, oh, yeah. And then also, obviously, at the very end when he's just driving. Beautiful for... song, by the way. Yeah, I really enjoyed Clint Eastwood singing at the end. I thought that was really cool because yeah. his voice is like gone. You know, he's he can't really sing because he's just, he's, he's so old. But I, it's, I love that though because it almost feels like timeless where you're just kind of yeah. like, well, it's kind of a Tony Bennett kind of vibe. I was thinking, that's totally what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um, except Tony Bennett's just Tony Bennett, but yes. <laughs> but I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. So do we do we want to go into final verdicts now? Yeah, I think we've had a pretty good run through it. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we uh, want to say. Anything else about the movie? Um, I could almost like smell the food when they were like, oh, uh, dude, it just real. looked all that stuff looks so good. Yeah, uh, if anybody, if you've ever had food, especially not going to a Asian restaurant so much, but if you have any friends or family or coworkers that are Asian, they bring in food, or you get to like go to the house and they're oh, yeah, man. and they're cooking it up. There's, oh, it's magical. It's so magical. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, final verdicts on this one. So okay, so I guess we already talked about uh, where we first saw this. I actually the only time I've only seen this movie twice. I saw it once in theaters. And I watched it by myself, actually, because I didn't have uh, any friends that really wanted to see this because it's not like it wasn't an action movie. Right. So anyways, um, and then I watched it again for the review. So have you watched I it think, besides in theaters? Uh, I might have watched it one other time. Okay, gotcha. Uh, with, with my old movie club. I think we might have watched it once, but like during a Clint Eastwood marathon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Do you think that it uh, hit its mark uh, when it first came out? Yeah, I think for the time, uh, it did very, very well. Yeah, made made a ton of money. Um, like there were some Oscar nominations and whatnot. So it and and a lot of other award nominations and wins. So I I think it was definitely an A when it came out. Yeah, I I feel like Clint Eastwood's the type of director where it's like he comes out with one movie, and it's like oh super ton of acclaim, and then he comes out with like two other movies that like people kind of forget that were ever made. And then he right. comes out with another movie that's like super acclaimed. And that happens like over the last 15 years of his career, I'd say. Sure. And the thing and is, the movies that fly under the radar, they're not bad. No, no. Like I no. feel like they're great movies, but for whatever reason, they just don't generate the buzz that some do. Right. I do find it interesting. The Clint Eastwood style as a director is like, some directors, they're like, okay, let's try the same t- scene like 15 times and we'll pick the best one. Right. And he is one and done where he's just yeah, like literally, fast and dirty. let's film it. <laughs> Okay, we got that. Let's move on. And so I think right. that's also why he's able to, to just keep consistently putting out new movies. Like, sure. it's like every two years, he's he, 
you know pops out Which, in other films. Speaking of that, did you see The Mule? No, I didn't. I haven't either. I'm, I'm very interested in that. And then uh, that new one, Cry Macho, yeah, seems that to be one... getting a lot of buzz. Well, I think it's funny. We talked about how like the definition of what is manly has been been changing from right. like the whole like yeah I'm a big tough guy and you know like I, blah 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 blah. And in that movie, I feel like is directly um, talking about that with like his perspective as an older, as an looking back at his life and just seeing so much change. And that made me yeah. really interested in to see the movie because I like, you know, I think I think that's just going to be really interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I give it an a, I give it an A. I think it totally knocked it out of the park when it first uh, came out. There was a little controversy then, and there's still there's always been sure. controversy about this movie, and always will be. Yeah, um, which so, brings us to now. How do you feel it's uh, hold out, held up till now? It's uh, relevant. It's relevant now. Um, <laughs> it's relevant as in as it's about racism, but right. and I don't, particularly Asian Americans. Yeah, that's, that's been that was big in the news. It really blew up in the last year as far yeah. as how bad they've been treated and how, generally speaking, they're kind of quiet about it. Right. Um, as a culture, they just kind of seem to just suck it up, but. Yeah, you know, but they dominate in the background. Oh yeah, um, I think I think that is it relevant. I'm just, glad, to, I'm just glad to see there's more people speaking up and making it like, yeah, we're not going to take this anymore. Enough's right. enough. Yeah, so that's good to see because even in this movie, they just kind of take it. Well, right. I guess at one point towards the end, Tao kind of snaps off at him, puts him in his place. Yeah, but that's so there is one tiny moment yeah. of that, but it really went on too long as far as. That's yeah, what I was. They, that, they could have stood up from the. They don't. They shouldn't have to stand up for themselves. But at the same time, I'm glad it, to see when people do. Right, and I feel like that the movie is not relevant because I don't think it actually addresses racism in a, in the, um in a good way. Sure. And so, um, what about I? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a D for relevancy for today. So, this is where, given what we've how we've discussed all that, and I 100% agree with you in that regard. At the same time, when you look at the story of this character Walt and his story arc and whatnot, and how where he starts at the, at the beginning and how he finishes up, and um, I feel like that is relevant and that is that does hold up as a story in that regard. But when we take into effect of all the the racist dialogue and how the that culture is kind of represented, yeah, it does fall off, and it could have been a lot better. So. I guess originally I was thinking, oh, it's a total A because I'm I'm thinking of the story and the character development of Walt, right? And and the bonds that he makes and all that's beautiful, all that is is excellent. Uh, but given, like you said, how it's been handled and whatnot, I'm definitely gonna have to drop it down. So uh, I'll probably go with a C. Gotcha. And um, let's see. So uh, what about personal enjoyment? Uh, I did enjoy it. It was. I enjoyed, like I said, I, I enjoyed the change in how Walt evolved. Didn't like his mouth necessarily, <laughs> uh, and in particular with the the racist, you know, comments and whatnot. That, like right. you said, gets it gets old. You you start to feel like, okay, we proved the point. He's he's a he's a racist dude, right? And and it gets it's uncomfortable um, after a while. But um, yeah, I gave it an A just because I really did enjoy seeing how his character grew and softened and though probably not enough in the end um hey he was a flawed man and there's no denying that mm, yeah so you said um a for personal enjoyment 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyment. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> my voice is still coming back. Well, um, uh, for me, I, I think I'm going to actually have to give it a, a D for personal enjoyment because there's stuff I really like about this movie and the stuff, but that there's stuff I really don't like about this movie. And I feel yeah. like it cancels itself out in, in my point of view. Like I, I totally agree. Like just seeing his character, uh, like you said about like well manicured house, the way he's dressed, even the the way his hair's cut and styled, totally reminds me of Grandpa. Um, yeah. His personality though is totally different though from our yeah. Grandpa. But um, so that kind of uh, just brings back some feels. But me watching the movie though this time, I was just like, oh dear. <laughs> While I was watching it, I was like, sure. well, I picked this one. We got to follow through on it. So um, right. Yeah, but I'm but, glad we. I'm super glad you did because it is a conversation that needs to be had, and especially with a movie that that had a lot of high acclaim and, um, and to, yeah, look at what could have, what should have been, what what would have been if we had made that movie today. Yeah, and how culture has changed, and but yet to see the good that's in the movie, and at the same time, so I think it was a great conversation. Yeah, well, good. I yeah I. Yeah, I give I give it a D. Honestly, I probably won't watch this movie again, uh, mm-hmm. just because I feel like there's just not enough redeeming value in it for me to actually sure. really sit down and enjoy it. But, but granted, though, that. granted too though, I mean honestly, it's shoot, it's been 12 years since I've saw it the first time, and I've owned this movie for probably like six years. I just I hadn't watched it in forever. Right. Like I literally like took the plastic off of it to to do this move or to review it. So. I, I don't think it was high on the list anyways, but uh, sure. is it? Well, who a, knows? In 12, in 12 years, you might watch it again. Yeah, it might be relevant again. It might be like, man, they had it right. That was, no, that's the word. We're definitely <laughs> no <getting> way. canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, nope. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. So uh, is <laughs> Devil no. Um, is it a midnight watch? Uh, dude, it sort of is for me. I was surprised. Like, it's just, it's engaging to me. Uh, yeah. Even for the even for the flaws and the uncomfortableness, um, there's there's definitely some beautiful iconic parts in it that that grab me and the flow overall just makes me want to sit and kind of keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from what we were talking about, how the end kind of kind of they kind of smooth. It kind of just ends abruptly, um, right? Like it focuses. On, I mean, always clearly the the thing I thought was interesting. The movie starts uh, with a funeral and ends with a funeral. Right. So I thought that was interesting. I kind of wish that they actually focused more on the morality of it, because like the fact that like you're coming to the end of your life, and then like he all of a sudden his life has meaning, and like it um, at the end. So like he gives his life in a way that he has meaning instead of him just you know just decaying slowly into the dark. It's like no, he's right, standing, he has going out with a bang, and so sure. like the way that he decides um, how he's going out, and so I feel I wish they had kind of played up that a little bit more but that's me just kind of being more philosophical and but just the fact that like the scene when like he leaves the dog um uh with the with the other the grandma and he's like yeah you're a very nice person too and she just keeps talking at him and like don't know what she's saying but like he leaves the dog with it with her and then the dog's just kind of waiting there and i was like wow that's really sad it's super sad yeah those puppy guys man oh yeah those golden retrievers but was it a gold? Now I'm trying to remember. That was a lab. Yeah, that might, yeah, like those golden labs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. So it, I'm thinking not a win I watch for you. No, 
<laughs> not really. No, I, yeah, for what gave it away. I do feel like Clint Eastwood tells a beautiful story. Most of his movies, um, I just feel that has some good storytelling. Whether you agree with the content of the or the morality or whatnot of the story, and obviously how some of these things were handled in there, the story right. of Walt, um, I thought was pretty, pretty well done. Yeah, I do, I do like this. Yeah, I do like the story. I definitely like the story. I like. I think that that's a. It's that is something that needs to be. You right. Know, well, it's that story of redemption. More. Yeah. Yeah, an understanding. I would say as well. Absolutely. But I think that about uh, wraps it up. Anything else you want to say about this movie? Nope. I think we killed it. All right. Well, uh, that Too wraps soon? it up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, special thanks to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. If you uh, uh, enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with your family, friends, and anyone that you think would like it. Yes, please subscribe uh, to our podcast, rate, review it, and uh, it can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, just about every other platform. If you don't see it on YouTube, uh, definitely go look elsewhere for it. Um, <laughs> Keep looking. <laughs> it's out there. It'll be there eventually. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, we try to put stuff up on our Instagram page as much as possible. We are on Facebook, even though I don't think anybody goes there anymore. And uh, if you would like to reach us uh, on email, you can get us at the Midnight Watch Podcast at gmail.com. But for sure, uh, DM us on Instagram. It's a great way. We've been trying to talk to people more and spark oh, yeah. up some conversations. That's been a lot of fun. Definitely been yeah. hitting, hitting up the gram. Um, that's the main, I'd say that's the main way of reaching us or, or our email. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get the email, but um, yeah, everybody does Instagram. That's what we do. Yep, that's what we're we so do. Hip. We're so hip, yeah. We're so hip that like <laughs> half the time I'll hear a new phrase and I have to ask my wife, like, what? What is that? And she's like, you know, <laughs> freaking old person. Yeah. Right. Well, you guys, thank you so much. You have a fantastic week. And as always, keep up the watch. Keep up the watch.